Okay, so today's daf is I and Gimel seventy three. We are uh, sm- sm- our daf, right? Uh, <laughs> good point. We're smack in the middle of some of the like uh, real intense sugyas and shas about Adim zomim. We just had a great debate of Abai and Rava whether Eid zomim lemafreya hu or mitanu lehabahu nisal. Abai says, I guess the intuitive thing, which is you know, once you're proven here that they were lying and you trust the zomimim, then we know that back here when they testify they were lying. So in the interim. They're, uh, they're, you know, they're, they're puffleading. Um, which again, doesn't mean that we assume just because they lied once they're gonna lie again, but what it means is because they bore false testimony that labels them as Rashaim, and that, or as Adim Zolimim, and that, in that, and from a formal sense, invalidates their testimony, even if what they were saying was true. Um, never like... Well, you can't, because Rava's response is no, only from this point forward. One explanation is a very fascinating approach in Adim Zolimim. Logically, there's no reason we believe the later group. So if the Torah tells us to, fine, we will. But to the degree that we can actually say that proves that they were lying, we can't say. We just say we take the Torah's status. And the Torah declares them as Adim Zomim, but we don't sort of know as a fact that they were lying. So that status is going to be from that point on. And if you want to say that status is, we believe that they have testified falsely because there's not a good logic to believe it. We're only going to believe it. If you tell me so, I'll believe it. Okay? So we're only going to believe it from this point forward. That's a very nice conceptual way of thinking about Adim Zomim, right? But the other way, he says, nah, I really agree to Abaye, it's back here, but as Mike was saying, then everybody, you're never going to know anybody you're going to use to sign your documents. They might be found out two years later to be Adim Zomim, and all those documents will be invalid. So from a pragmatic point of view, certainly when it comes to monetary documents, um, you know, you can't sort of validate them if they were good, if they were used for, like, you know, personal status issues, but if it comes to monetary documents, we can uh, say that it's going to be kosher just to protect people. But anyway, the halacha is, this is one of the cases we pass in like Abai, and we pass in that in Lemafrei Hu Nisal. Yes, Michael. Yeah, question also is, like, for instance, in Kuvia, you can get out, you can, you know, regain your status once you destroy or whatever it is. But yeah, so Jenna asked that. Um, yeah, I mean, there's always possibility of Kuva. Even from Adim Zoming, there's a possibility of Kuva. So the Gemara Sanhedrin discusses what type of a Kuva constitutes Kuva. But it's not enough to say, I clopped Al-Khayr on Yom Kippur. It has to be practical things that we see. Uh, sorry, I just Maybe somebody wants a cup of coffee. <laughs> okay, so you can put it there. I'll have a reset. Anyway, so so the Gemara it has to be practical things that we see as a community that they have sort of like done to change their ways. You know that allow us to restore our confidence in them. So that gets discussed. Yeah, I know, but it gets discussed in the Gemara San, in the Sanhedrin. Yes. So you're saying that like someone could be an egg for a get. Right. Right. Then two years later, they were found out to be. They signed on a get here. Two years later, you know why not? These are people that had been cross-examined in court. The court accepted them. Presumably, the best people to use for your get. Right now, we find out that the best people to use for your get are people that never testified in court because <laughs> anybody who testified in court might turn out to be an Adin So they testified for a get here. Two years later, they turned. They become Adin Zolimim, and then uh, the get is invalid. Right. That's right. It's disastrous, right? Hopefully, now, hopefully, the reality is is that Adim Zomim. You assume that it's, if you're going to get Mazimim, they're going to come soon after. You know, during this process, it's not going to be two years later. Somebody, but you never know. I mean, I know it's disastrous, so I don't know what to say. That's what Rubba's saying, and even Rubba only helps for monetary documents, not for personal status documents. Right, you're just for anything, right? Exactly. Money or yep. Okay, so we pass them like a bye. We have to whatever the consequences are. Um, but it's yeah, it's like it's it's. It's uh, you know mind-boggling to consider that. So now we continue two dot the two dots about five lines from the top. Okay, Tnan. Now we're going to look at. Um, a little bit about how this plays out about the Machlokas Abayin Rafa. Okay, Ganavel Pishnayim. Let's go back to our Mishnah. Somebody uh, st- uh, burgled based on two witnesses. The Tavachumach RPM, the same two witnesses said that he slaughtered it or sold it. Vinim Suzomimim. And they were proven to be Aiden Zomimim on the whole shebang. Mishalmi Metako. They pay everything. They pay four and five. Now, my love, Shi'ilog Neva, the Chazaridola Presumably, first they testified that the guy, if, if that the guy had stolen. And then they testified he slaughtered and he sold it. Obviously, you won't come to a base and say, I want to bring testimony that so-and-so sold his animal. Right? So first you testify that he stole it, and then you, or you burgled it, and then you testify that he, that he slaughtered it. Okay. Okay. And also, presumably, although we can debate this, when they were found to be Zomimim, people say, oh, no, 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 
Torah, you were with us at that time, so you say that he burrowed it on Monday and, sto- and, and slaughtered it on Tuesday. Then other Adim came and they said, you can't say that you were with us. Okay? So, the, so first they say, you can't say your Monday testimony, you were with us on Monday. And then maybe they come later, or they afterwards they say, and you can't say your Tuesday testimony because you were with us on Tuesday. You know, what you said you saw on Tuesday. Okay? Alright, so where's this all going? But one minute. If Abai is right that they became invalid from the time that they testified falsely, honey, even the Itzamulu Geneva, once they were proven to be aiding Zomimim for the Geneva, right? So, it now becomes clear, that retroactively, when they testified regarding the slaughtering, that they were puzzled. Amai, so Amai Meshamim, why do they pay Atzicha for the slaughtering. So here's the point. Like, let's say you're on March 1st, okay, at, um, you know, they should have said he was Ganav, okay? What? Yeah, that was at 12 o'clock, okay? And then at 12.05, he's, they said Tavach, okay? 12.05. Now, that's, that's what they testified in court. Then over here, they said, oh, no, 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 and he was Ganav on Sunday, and Tavach on Monday. Okay, that's what they said. Okay, and they said, oh, wait, wait, you can't say that you were there and you saw the Geneva on Sunday. You were with us on Sunday. Okay, that's what they say here. Okay, that makes that invalid. Oh, and you can't say that you saw the Tavach on Monday. You were with us on Monday. That makes that invalid. So now the Gemara is saying, when did they become Pasaladim? According to Abaye, when did they become Pasaladim? Now, we say way back here. That was their first act of Edus Sheker. They became Pasaladim back here. So if at 12 o'clock, we now find out that they were eight in Sheker when they at 12.05 testified about the Tvicha we now find out that they actually were Pasoladim at the time so now they're not going to be able to become Zomimim on this because it's like you found out that they were relatives or something we now see that this not was a false testimony but was an invalid testimony because now we see that at 12.05 they were already eating Pasolim so how are you going to make them pay for Zomimim for this false testimony if be based on a Baye at at that stage, they were already Aiden Psulim. Okay? That's Gemara's question. Everybody got it? They should pay Kaiva, but they shouldn't pay 4 and 5. Because by the time they testified 4 and 5, we now see that they were Aiden Psulim. Okay. So Gemara says, Amai Mishami Matvicha. Why should they pay for the testimony about the slaughtering? Amri, Okay, Okay. so the case would be that when they said you can't say that you were with us, they said the first thing they said is you were with us on Monday. They first invalidated this one. But the Zemar is going to say, but who cares what they, what they did first? Okay, at the end of the day, we're going to invalidate this one too. So the Zemar says, I'm so, so, big deal. By the end of the day, by the time these guys get around to saying you can't, you can't have said that you were there on Sunday, you were with us on Sunday. So, um, now we see retroactively so it doesn't matter when they said, you know, came to court and what order they did it in at the end of the day we're going to find out that this was false and this was false so if this was false and they became psulim here then this testimony should never have been you know, should never have been accepted in court and it was not false testimony it was invalid testimony so why are they ever going to have to pay? It's pretty brilliant like you never would have thought to do that to figure, wait, wait, to figure out that math okay, yeah, the answer is obvious what the Obvious answer. You know, so we all had it. they testified once. We said twelve on Mon- Sunday and Monday, and then something happened also, like you know, like at once. But everything happened at once. All right, so that's obvious to you, and you probably learned this before anyway. So you, all, so you all know it. So, all right. So the Gemara says anyway. I'm not sure it's so obvious, but the, but that is what the Gemara says. The Hilchusah. The way to explain it is Sheivavatsachas. Okay, so the way is is that they said it all at 12 o'clock. Ganav Utavach. Okay, they could have said at 12 o'clock, Ganav on Sunday, because it takes time to process testimony. Things take a few minutes. Okay, 
So here they say. Well, it makes more sense that we, like Havamina, was that they came in one day and said that we saw so and so steal it, and then they came in two days later and say. Yeah, but but right. But what I was saying is even if they right. Well, that's a fair right. No, no, because but yeah, but right. I was just saying even if they all did the same thing at court, it takes a few minutes. Wait a minute. You saw it what day? What was he wearing? Da 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 da. You know, you go a little cross examining. Now let's talk about your other testimony. I don't think even if they all came to court at the same day that it's obvious that they would say oh, the whole thing you know within one minute okay and actually we're going to talk about not just one minute okay so they said Ganav on Sunday and Tavach on Monday and they did this all at 12 o'clock okay so then when you retroactively say you were psulim okay yes you're psulim but even Abai says you can never say oh now we see you were puzzle aid so you can't have been an aid zoman because you were puzzle when you were testifying like obviously the, psu- the lying uh, that makes you puzzle is not going to for that same act invalidate the testimony it only invalidates you moving forward okay so there's all one testimony and that's how they can pay four and five yes even right 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 so the basic is right point is that it's considered to be one testimony now Tosu says the reason the Vasachas is considered to be one testimony this will be a little bit relevant in a few minutes is because one of the implications of uh, usually of Dibor is, is that you can retract your statement Dibor. like you know you can do this in court you can do this like you make a bracha you know right so if you do sort of correct yourself Dibor, you can still correct and you know amend your statement so so what like the Omer right so anyway what do you mean like if you say Ba'omer La'omer right okay so anyway so so uh, so so therefore since you can still like correct your original statement you know it's all part of the same testimony because you could have even gone back and retracted it so anyway so that's it's all seen as one testimony so therefore it's not two stages and then you're made a zomain for that thing that was all said in a few seconds of one another then it's all then you know then then it's all you're an a zomain on everything it's not mm-hmm. like you were puzzle and then you said something else but yeah I mean, that's what you're saying is like let's say two guys come in you know and they're they do it accepted and processed and then they're proven to be aiding zomain but then later on, it, it, you know, it turns out that they were quoted. Correct. Then they, they correct. Then they get off of a yeah. or Gazlanim. Right. Okay. They wouldn't be puzzled, would they? Meaning, like, as individuals? Right. For anything? Even though I want um, that's an interesting question. Meaning the fact that we know that they were made a sheker even as as krovim would that be enough to make them psulim mikamul haba? They wouldn't be chayev for 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 hazama, but they might be chayev just because we now know that they. But they were yeah, but they weren't made, technically made a sheker because it wasn't either. It's an interesting question. It's a really good question. I don't know the answer. Okay, so the gemara says like this. Okay, so the gemara says okay. The Let's say this debate by and rather the debate. Of tonight. Um, Two people testified that somebody uh, burgled. Witnesses said that he slaughtered. And they were found zomim on the Gneva. They weren't found zomim on the Tvicha. It is about about Lakula. So nobody pays anything, right? I mean, not nobody pays anything, excuse me. The Adim Zomin pay Kefel. They were so found to have lied for the Kefel. But nobody pays for the four and the five, right? Because he doesn't pay, because if he wasn't a Ghanav, you can't prove he was a Ghanav, you can't prove he's Chayev for slaughtering. They don't pay, because they weren't found Zomin on the Tvicha. Okay? So when you throw out the Geneva piece of the testimony, the Tvicha part of the testimony becomes meaningless. All right. It is about about Lakula. Uh, where were we? Okay. Who's Malatvicha? Now, let's say that they were just found Zomimim on the Tavicha, not on the original testimony of Gneva. So he was a Ganev, but he wasn't a Toveyach Mocher. Okay, so, because they've only been proven Zomim on the Tavicha. So, who's Malatvicha? Who Misham Tashlum Kefel? The Ganev pays Kefel. The Hain Misham Tashlum Shloshan. They pay three to him, to the Ganev. Because now they were trying to make him pay extra. He was only a Ganev. He wasn't a Toveyach Mocher. They were Zomimim on the Tavicha and Mechira. All right, that all makes a lot of sense. I'm going to 
Yossi, says Rabbi Yossi, the Bedvar Mamurim, when is this true? Vashtay Eduyot. If the original Adim gave two distinct testimonies, okay, which we'll discuss in a minute what that means. Although the Edus Achas, if they all gave one testimony, presumably it said, Gun of the Tavachumachar, right, it was all one big testimony, Edus Shabbatlam Shabbatlakula. Then if part is, 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 is Batal, the whole is Batal. Now what does he mean? We already said if you throw out the Geneva, you throw out the Tvicha. So what he means is the reverse. If you throw out the Tvicha, you're going to throw out the Geneva. Okay, which is like a little funny. Like, what? Just because they were like lying on the Tvicha, they had actually said the Geneva thing. They weren't psulim. The psul, any psul happened. First they say Ganav, and then they said Tavach. So any, if, even if they were lying on the Tvicha, that happened afterwards in time. That's when they became psulim. How does that invalidate when they said Ganav? But presumably, presumably what he's saying is you could go this two ways. You could say, we view it all as like the same time and we say that they were psulim at the same moment so that even going back a few seconds the same way could go forward a few seconds. Or his language really is not so much about, what do you call it, about invalidating the people as throwing out the testimony. If you see this testimony as one unit and you're going to throw part of it out, you're going to throw all of it out, okay? You might be familiar with this in other places. You know, there are questions about Pagin and Dibura. Do you take half of what somebody said or do you say Butlin Ksasa Butla Kula? If part of it is false, you throw the whole thing out. So this, his, Rabbi Yossi is less focusing on the people are puzzle and he's saying if Geneva and Tzichah Mechira is one package and you're going to throw out the Tzichah part because there's Zomim on the Tzichah, you're going to throw the whole thing out. Okay? So let's take a look at what, what does this have to do with Lemafreya or not? Well, clearly Rabbi Yossi seems to be holding Lemafreya because Rabbi Yossi, you know, can only sort of say that. Well, let's take a look at what the Gemara says. Okay? So the Gemara says like this. Now, my bishkei eduyot umay beedusachas. What do we mean two testimonies and what do we mean one? Ilema bishkei eduyot bishkei eduyot mamash. Really, two separate testimonies. Bishkei kitot, meaning it's two separate groups of witnesses come to testify. Group A says ganav and group B says tavachumacha. And there he says, when you throw out the tvicha, you won't throw out the geneva. Okay, but that's two eduyot. And what is beedusachas? So maybe Edus Achas means one group, group A, but at separate times, at 12 o'clock and then at 1 o'clock. So one minute. If that's what Edus Achas means, and at 12 o'clock they say Ganav, and at 1 o'clock they say Tavachum Machar, how, because you, they were lying with the Tavachum Machar, can you throw out what they said an hour ago? So the Gemara says, um, So he would say with one testament, one group, one testimony after the other first they testify at 12 o'clock on the Geneva at 1 o'clock they testify on the slaughtering when they found Zomim on the slaughtering you're going to throw the whole thing out there'll be Zomimim it doesn't literally mean Zomimim but they'll be invalid or you'll, the testimony will be invalid when they testified about the Geneva where do you get that from? okay so that's a great by the way talk about like good idioms from the Gemara like where did this come from? Like, you know, where would you get that from? Okay? So where would this idea come from? Like, how could? Because they were from Zomim at one o'clock. You throw out for, you know, something that they testified on an hour ago. Elalav, what he must mean is that when is it that you don't package it all together? Shteyedus, you consider it separate testimonies, Beidus Achas. Ke'en Shteyedus. It means two testimonies. It means it's actually one testimony that's like to. Umayniyu, what's one testimony like to? one group at first they did one and then an hour later they did the other even ten minutes later they did the other so what does he mean when he says it's one testimony it means that it's all at the same time it's like then we would say that then you would say that if it's all one group testifying at the same time like even if you throw out the second half of their testimony you've got to throw the whole thing out alright so what, why do the rabbis argue on that that makes a lot of sense you'd view it all as one package so the Gemara says, Savri, now we're going to assume, I'm sorry, the Savrua, now we are assuming, everybody, both Rabbi and the Rabbanan, would hold to the principle of Okay, that makes sense, right? That's a pretty generally assumed principle. Everybody agrees that that defines things as being in one unit, taking place in one moment in time. Okay? So, therefore, so why did the Rabbanan argue? If it's all Tochidebor testimony, and you threw out the Tvicha, you should throw out everything. You should throw out the Gneva. 
So, my love, this must be what it's debating about. So they say, like Rava, that it's only from this point onwards, and since it's only from this point onwards that they are defined as Zomimim, and the testimony is defined as invalid, for the Shechita that they've been found Zomimim, they're Zomimim, but for the Geneva, they're not considered Zomim. So what does that mean? They said here in one time, Ganavatavachumacha. These Adim Zomim months later said, No, 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 I'm sorry, buddy, you weren't a, the Tvicha is a lie. Okay? Right, everybody with me? So Rabbi Yossi says this is all one package. This is one Adus. You threw away part of it, throw the whole thing out. That's according to Abaye. But according to Rava, Rava actually says, No, 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 no. For the next last five months, this actually, they were kosher witnesses. And, you know, you know and, and maybe like the testimony was kosher testimony. <laughs> what we're saying is starting at December 1st, First, right, at starting December 1st, we're saying the Tvich, for this entire time, okay, they were kosher, and Ganav Utavach was an acceptable, was a kosher testimony. Starting on December 1st, the Tvicha gets thrown out of court. Okay, that's the principle, like, you know, only Mishach Hidusho Ve'elach. And starting at this point in time, they become Puzzle witnesses. Okay? So fine. So we, how would we throw out the whole package? Back here they were kosher. Back here the whole testimony was accepted as a package. We're only going to throw this out a long time later. Okay? So we're not going to... It's no longer like one package, you know, to throw out. All right? So so that's, that would be what the Chachamim would say. And Rabbi Yossi would say, no, 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 you go back here. And at this moment they become puzzle. The Adis becomes puzzle. The Adis is never good. You throw the whole thing out. Okay? Uh, um, so and Rabbi Yosi Savar l'mafreu nistal. No, it's retroactive. The kivun demiyaki asidu who demisli. As soon as they testified their puzzle. Now again, I've been trying to talk about throwing out the ages because I've been trying to be accurate with what Rabbi Yosi says. The Gemara seems to be focusing on invalidating the witnesses. Okay, so Rabbi Yosi says from this moment they're invalid, and therefore you throw out the testimony, right? And therefore, so because it's retroactive. Whereas if you said mikano lahaba you only invalidated them here so of course the testimony of Geneva remains good they only became invalid here but the Geneva testimony never got thrown out okay but Rav Yossi says as soon as they testified they became invalid when they became uh, um, invalid witnesses because of the testimony of the, of the slaughtering they also became invalid for the testimony of the Geneva because everybody presumably holds so look this debate is the debate of Abaye and Rabbah Rabbi Yossi clearly holds Rabbi Yossi is clearly Abaye Rabbi Yossi clearly holds you go back retroactively you look at that time you say that the Tzicha was no good so you throw out the whole Edith so you throw out the whole Edim right from that point onwards which includes the point of the Geneva which happened a few seconds earlier Rabbi Yossi is clearly Abaye retroactive the question is what does the Chachamim hold so we're saying the Chachamim hold like Rava so since back then they were kosher, they've been kosher for the last few months, you're not going to throw out the Geneva part of the testimony. Okay, so the Gemara says, no, because we're going to, since we passed them like Abaye, um, we're going to sort of say that uh, so everybody here now goes according to Abaye. So Gemara says like this, Amri, no. If everybody were to agree that everybody would say retroactive, meaning everybody holds like Abaye, it is retroactive, okay, and if everybody were to say everybody would agree, you'd throw out the whole testimony, even the Geneva part that came before, because it was all one unit. Okay? The debate is, do you hold of the principle of Tolchidei Dibur? Do you hold that something that is maybe, if it were, you would now again, there's degrees, like maybe you could hold of Tolchidei Dibur that I can correct the statement that I just said, but maybe something that's conceptually distinct, like if I'm going to say Ganov, and then I'm going to say Tavachum Machar, so conceptually Tavachum Machar is a separate testimony from the Ganov, we're not going to use Tolchidei Dibur to turn it into one testimony, okay? So there's always a question, when you deny Tolchidei Dibur, what do you mean? Like how does the first, my first word in my sentence be the same testimony as the last word in my sentence, you know? There's got to be a certain time where you define something as one unit. But if it's conceptually two units, the fact that it's Tolkien de is not going to make it all one. So the rabbis would say, even if this is 1201, you know, point, 
and this is 12, uh, you know, point, you know, one o, whatever, that's 10 seconds later, those are two separate testimonies. And therefore, just because you threw out this part, they only became puzzle from 12 o'clock and 10 seconds. And the testimony of 12 o'clock and 10 seconds is a distinct testimony, and what they testified before remains valid. So everybody agrees it's retroactive. The question is, if it was said to Okadeh Gibor, does it force at all to be seen of as one moment in time and one testimony? Wait, let me just turn the part. We don't treat it as all one statement. And he says, no, it is one statement. And if you throw out part of it, even the second part, you're going to throw the whole part out. Okay, there's a question. No, but let's start with what? You can, you can, um, one is arguing that you can separate two parts of the sentence and say the person's guilty for this part and not for that part. Correct. Well, certainly the second part. You can throw out the second part without throwing out the first part. So you can't separate. Exactly. Exactly, yes. I can even differentiate and say it depends how you say it. If you said he stole and slaughtered, then it's clearly one thing. If you said he stole, right. <laughs> right, right, right. So I agree with you. Meaning that's what I said before. Like, is it all just about the amount of time? Like, certainly everybody would agree that if I have one topic to testify about, and it takes me five minutes to describe what I'm talking about. We don't say each one of those is a separate testimony, right? So how, you know, there should be other contextual factors or other fi- factors that determine whether to package it all as one unit or not. I agree. And to some degree, we're going to see that now. But the Gemara is not getting into that. Yes. Did they have, like, cases? I mean, there were charges that were brought? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's true. Like, you know, you could have a case, like, you know, the Gemara often discusses, like, I bring you to court and I bring the witnesses, like, which is how you would imagine it. But you could also have a case where witnesses just come and say, we, we, you know, come up and knock on the court and say, we saw something. You know, we're good citizens reporting on something that we saw. Like, you don't need, technically, everything, you don't need a litigant. I mean, I think that's even true in civil court, not in civil, in criminal court when it's a crime against a person right, even though technically the state doesn't need somebody to press charges, right you know, they're not going to bother to pursue it on most cases unless the victim is pressing charges, right, but, uh, but, but yeah, in a civil court you definitely need a litigant, but in these cases in theory the witnesses could just show up on their own okay, so now the Gemara says like this okay, so the Gemara says whoa one minute, now this is really going to be a question however you explain the position of the Chachamim Rabbi Yossi clearly says it's all one package and if you throw out the Tvicha you throw out the Geneva but one minute does he really hold Tochte Dibur's Kedibur Dami why not so Vatsnan we taught in the Mishnah somebody says Harezu Tmuris Ola Tmuris Shalomim Harezu Tmuris Ola Dibur Meir so people remember what a Tmur is Tmur is you have an animal that's Kadosh and you say now if that animal gets a mum and a blemish you can redeem it on money but if it doesn't have a mum you can't redeem it and even if it does have a moon you can't go ahead and try to transfer the Kedusha from animal one straight to animal two that's called a Tmura and an exchange and the Torah says if you try to exchange so what you try to sanctify is sanctified but the animal itself retains its original sanctity so let's say you had a uh, Ola and a Shlum in here in front of you okay and you took this other animal this third animal and you said hey, this animal is a Tmura Tmura Ola Tmura Shlum Okay, so what were you trying to do? Were you trying to transfer the Ola Kedusha, the Shlomim Kedusha? Were you correcting yourself? Were you trying to do both? So Rabbi Meir says you go by the first part of your statement. You said Tmur Ola, that took effect. The animal becomes, has the, the second animal has the Kedusha of an Ola. First one remains as it was. Give it Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Yosiyamar, in the if, and here gets the questions of intent uh, or context, if you were intending from the very outset to make this animal both an Ola and a Shlomim, okay, you thought you could make it half and half, so now, you can't get both words out of your mouth at the same time, one of those two words has to come first, okay so therefore, we don't say we're going to force the first half of your sentence clearly you were trying to say both and you had to get the words out in a particular order so in that case, so we'll accept the whole sentence, now it sounds like we ask you what were you intending, right, which is interesting like when do we go by your claim of what you thought, Tosus tries to say he does. Tosus questions this, he says 
guess that would be Dvarim Shebelev. Maybe we use other evidence to indicate what you were intending or whatever. But anyway, let's just go with what, what he says. He says, if we know somehow that that's what you were trying to say, then we don't chop the sentence in half. That was one statement and it all applies. And the animal's half of each. What do you do with an animal that's half each? So you wait till it gets a mum, a blemish, and you transfer half of its value to money that's going to be used for an ola, and the other half of its value to money that's going to be used for a shlumim. Okay, but you've succeeded in making it half each. Okay? Um, if, however, you changed your mind, you said, right, it was clear, and, you know, and it was clear you're trying to correct yourself. So in that case, then you're stuck. It's a Tmurs Ola, which is basically a principle that you don't say Tokade Dibor, even to amend your statement, let alone when you're saying something else. Now, there could still be a difference between amending your statement and continuing your statement. You're in court and you're spending five minutes describing what occurred. That's one testimony. That's all a continuation of your statement. But a correction of your statement, something new, to revise, whatever, I'm sorry, once you said it, you're stuck by it. Now, you could also say, is it the same? You know, maybe when you sanctify something, you know, that's all about speech and the power of speech to create metaphysical realities, as it were. Maybe that happens immediately. Maybe court is always more about a process. It is about speech, but it's about a process. Cross-examination, you know, etc., etc. So maybe by court there's different rules. Okay, but the Gemara here, as it often does, assumes until it's going to be forced, until it's forced to say otherwise, that it's going to be all the same rules across the board. So here Rabbi Yossi says, you don't say Tokate Dibor. How could he say, in our case, you throw throw it all out, clearly he's saying it's all one testimony. Did you want to say something, Jenna? Uh, I'm just thinking about Nagari, even like what we, were, what we talk about. I don't know, we had a similar conversation of like, why does it matter? So it's and like, what we were trying to figure out why it's okay to shift what you were meaning in Nagari, but not in other places. I wonder how that you mean like we say an idea of pivili shavin that what you're thinking has to be consistent with what you're saying and so on right right I mean that's obviously another thing to say the opposite argument you know as it's from the power of speech argument is, is that by things that are you know speech acts or whatever you know that create these metaphysical changes it's critical that your speech is in sync with what you're thinking and here you're basically saying no I actually said, accidentally said the wrong thing right so if I could do like a hataras nidarim you know to say that I hadn't intended here you clearly the wrong words came out of your mouth you know so yeah those are all really good questions okay so but let's see how the Gemara resolves it so the Gemara says so here Rabbi Yossi doesn't seem to care about the fact that you corrected yourself and here he seems to consider one testimony you can make other distinctions you could say you're not allowed to correct yourself no you know you can't give emendations but if you but anything you say at, within Tokadei Dibor is all considered part of one whole right there's so many different ways you could distinguish between why here it's one testimony and there you can't correct yourself. But the Gemara gives what I consider to be a very technical and boring way of distinguishing between the two. So let's see what the Gemara says. Okay. So we asked on this. Dimlach um, Pita. If you change your mind, meaning at a later time, of course you're stuck with what you first said. The Amar of Papa, so Rav Papa says, no, here's the Chiddush. The Chiddush is, Even if you corrected yourself within Kedai Dibor, Rabbi Yossi would say, you can't amend your statement and it's still a Tmuras Ola. So there he doesn't hold of Tokhtei Dibor, you can't amend it. And here he holds that if it's Tokhtei Dibor, it's one unit. So a million ways to distinguish the two cases. Let's see what the Gemara says. Um, um, so the Gemara says, Amri, no, here's how you could answer it. Trey toch de dibor have. There are two measures of toch de dibor. Chad kidei she'elas talmid l'rav. One is the time it takes a student to ask ask after the well-being of his rebbe, which is basically. Shalom Alecha Rebbe Umori. Okay, that's a long Tokadei Dibor. Zechad, and the other one is Kadei Shilas Rav Talmud. When the Rav greets the Talmud, he says Shalom Alechem. Okay, or Shalom Alecha. So it's twice as long. It's a half a second or a second. Okay? So Rabbi Yossi holds of the Tokadei Dibor of the half second, but not of the second. Okay? I think they've got to be the most boring distinction possible. Okay? So Kim Leisley Rabbi Yossi, when does Rabbi Yossi not hold of Tokadei Dibor that you can't amend your 
understatement in this case of Olan Shlomim. Um, the longer one, if it took four seconds, I mean, four words, one full second. Okay? Um, that's long. But but the time it takes a rav to ask the Talmud, Shalom Olecha, Eastway, then he would say it's all one package. Okay. So anyway, a lot more other ways we could have distinguished between a court case and a, and a, and a, and a, and a Kedusha case, between amending versus appending, all these types of differences that the Gemara ignores. But bottom line here is a fascinating idea that according to Rabbi Yossi, right, if you say, even if you throw out the second part of the statement, if it's all told today deeper in one statement, then you throw out the whole statement. Okay, so that certainly assumes Abaye of Lemafreya Hunisal. By the way, I want to read uh, one line in Tosos because it's a famous position of Rabbeinu Tam. What is the logic of Tochidei Dibor? So, you know, or now, so usually you say, because there's got to be a amount of time that we say defines things as all taking place within the same time. Either, the, you know, so, I mean, and the idea, the most radical example that Tochidei Dibor, like, there's different ways you could sort of say it. You could say that it's dealing with this very fundamentally and that's why the Dibur the nature of the speech act you know as we were sort of saying like speech is trying to articulate what you're thinking but like you can't always say everything in one moment and those aren't you know and sometimes you get things wrong or whatever so there's like at, at, well, thinking of the speech, a, speech act there's a certain amount of time that we view to view things as like one unit correctable all one type of speech as diff, different acts of speech and so on okay that's so like I think you've talked to Dibur specifically in the context of of, of act an act of speech, right, and defining it as, you know, one unit or not. Uh, but there's another example of Tokhtei Dibur, which is an extreme example, which is somebody hears that his uh, father dies and he does Kriya. And then it turns out, like, oh, actually, when we told you your father died, he hadn't died yet, but he died a second after you did Kriya. Oh, well, it was Tokhtei Dibur, so the Kriya counts. Okay? <laughs> so that's like, the Kriya occurred before the father died, but because it was Tokhtei Dibur of the death, it counts. So that seems to be an idea that Tokhtei Dibur is considered to be defining halachically what's considered the same moment in time. Okay? Like, what's a degree of precision of measuring the same moment in time? Alright, so that's the questions of Tokhtei Dibur. Either thinking about it as a speech act type of a thing, or thinking about it as a moment in time. Rabbeinu Tam has a very strange, uh, I mean, it's strange because it's like it's the scenes out of nowhere idea, because he's bothered with why is the measure Shalom Alecha, and Shalom Alecha Rebbe Umari. Like, why are we using that as the measure? So if you take a look at Tosfos, the Tosfos Kivlesle Le Rebiosi, he says here in the following, it's one, two, three, four, five, six lines down in the from the beginning of the wide lines in Tosvos, like five words in. So he says the following. He says, um, he says the following. He says, Mefarish Rabbeinu Tam, the Hainu Taima. This is the reason of Tochtei Dibur. If a person is giving testimony, because another time you can use Tochtei Dibur is you're buying something and then you want to back out or change your mind or change the, the conditions or whatever. So there you are. Now you can imagine this in the marketplace. You're trying to do some transaction and somebody comes up, Oh, hi, how you doing? Like, well, you, uh, you know, I'm trying to buy something here. So you have to say, oh, hello, and then get back to what you're doing. Okay, of course, a little funny imagining this in court. I hereby testify or whatever. You're in the middle of testimony. Hey, hey, how you doing? Anyway, so, oh, right. I don't remember that scene. Oh, Rabbo, either your friend or your Rebbe gives you a, a hello. You have to stop your business transaction or your testimony and say hello back. Why? Somebody gave you a hello and you didn't respond. So of course in court you'd better respond because then if you're not your goblin and they'll throw out your testimony. <laughs> anyway, so since sometimes you find yourself in a situation where you have to respond back, so the rabbi said, we're not going to consider that an interruption. We allow for that. But he makes it all like a, a rabbinic takana. Now, it's very funny. If it's a rabbinic takana, it's like here it has all these implications for Eidus, for like, you know, for, for Neder, for all these things. Like, to make this a rabbinic takana is a very strange way of framing it. Like, again, you could have said because of those realities, we define that what means the same period of time of speaking allows for those types of small interruptions. But the word takana is a funny word. 
word. Like you could have said Mekach Amru Chachamim, you know, that this is all considered to be the same period of time. But he says this word of Takana. But obviously, because it's this type of thing that it's about talking and being interrupted, he has the problem with the Gemara about the Kriya. Okay, then he says, if you skip to the end of that line, he says, Umiyu Biperek Bas that if you don't allow for 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 Tokte deeper, you don't allow a Talmud to respond. At the end of Nidarim, this reason doesn't work. Why? Leaning Kriya. The case about doing Kriya, because of Shemes, he thought that his father had died, the Karav Achach Mace, and then he died afterwards. So what do they have to do with interrupting your speech and not considered an interruption in your speech? Alright, maybe that's only Rabbit, it's, you know, the rabbis go easy in Avelus situations, so you're right, but it doesn't really fit. Okay, we have to give some other explanation to that. But the basic question is, I would like to take out the Takana part of Rabbeinu Tam and say the two explanations of Toch Dibor is one is it's defining halachically what means what does it mean that something occurred at the same moment in time and the other is the question of a speech act you know and we forget this question about like you know Tiknu but the point is we can't get all of our words out at once sometimes you know you know there are moments of interruption and so on and what is defined and you know our thoughts are sometimes we say wrong things we need to correct them and what's defined as one type of a speech act as opposed to two speech acts, right? So that's, I think, the uh, more, you know, the, 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 the more natural way of saying it. All right. So back to the Gemara now. Amar Rava, middle of Ayin Gimelamid Bet. So now we've dealt with it works retroactive, and if it's Toka De Diva, you throw the whole testimony out, even, the, even if the only thing that was invalidated was the second part of it. Amar Rava, now says Rava, now remember, this is also, this isn't directly connected to the question of retroactive or mikanul haba, but there are ways they might intersect. Witnesses were first contradicted and then they were made Adim Zomenim. Okay? So witnesses said, uh, Ruvain, you know, killed Shimon on Sunday, and uh, other witnesses said, you can't say that, Ruvain was with us at a ball game on Sunday. They don't say you were with us. They say Ruvain was with us. Okay? Or they could say, we were at that spot. What? You said it happened, uh, you know, at the intersection of uh, whatever, these two streets. We were at that spot at that time and we didn't see it happen. So it's contradictory testimony, but it's not hazama. It's not saying you were with us. Okay? So in that, Rava says, let's say first that happened. Now we said, if the aiding became possible, then retroactively they won't have, then they, they won't have been aiding Zomim. But let's say the aiding didn't become possible. Let's say first you threw out their testimony because it was contradicted, which doesn't mean we believe the second group. It's just means we can't believe either group. Okay, so we throw it out. You can even have a case where we throw it out because we know it's wrong. They say, Reuven killed Shimon and then Shimon walks into court. I love that case. Bahar and Baragwa. Okay? So we know it's false, but it's not Zomimim. Okay? And then it's Zomimim. Then witnesses come and say, oh, you were with us on that day. Do we say, since the testimony has already been thrown out, okay, you can no longer turn them into Adim Zomimim? Or do we say, you know, it's all part of the process of, of destroying their testimony. So we don't sort of make that. We're not saying they were puzzled at the time they testified. So we're not sort of making, you know, so therefore this is not contradictory or this does not prevent us from continuing on to make them into Adim Zomenim. Okay, so that's what he said. Adim Zomenim. So they were first per- proven to be false or it was contradicted and then they were Zomenim. In a case, let's say they testified Ruin killed Shimon. Neherogin, they could still become Adim Zomenim and be put to death if they were found dating Zomim after. The process of contradiction is seen as the beginning of a process of making them Adim Zomim. I mean, you don't, obviously don't need to work through that process, but it's all part of the same process of attacking their testimony. So it's not like, oh, the testimony's already been contradicted. We can't, you know, you know there's no longer, we can't no longer make it Adim Zomim. They've already been thrown out. You don't say that. Yes? Elishalo Nigmara. I'm sorry, yeah, it was the beginning of a process, but it hadn't been complete. The Zomim is the full completion of the process. Presumably because, ignore my example where, where, where Ruben walks in, the, the victim walks in alive into court, no, but certainly it makes sense if a hush is just, we don't know who's telling the truth. So we don't know who's telling the truth. We didn't accept your testimony because we have contradictory testimony, okay? But now the process of throwing out your testimony has begun, but it hasn't ended. It began because it might be false, and we can't, we're not going to 
use it, but making it zomimim is like the end of the process because now we know for certain that it's false. We know you're lying because we know you're zomimim. I'm sorry, Hillel, what was your well, question? I'm not sure if there's no, I'm not sure if there's any at all, but is it saying that the same thing as Hazama, except it's missing, it's missing a kind of finality, or is it saying that these Adam Zomimim complete what Adam um, I don't see it. I mean, you're right. The language is saying those t- those things, but I see. It, I, I'm reading it more more in a minimalist way, and just sort of saying that the process of achasha doesn't prevent us from. You know, it's not seen as like uh, until now we've been talking about ways that we can't make you an ezomim. You're proved to have been a goslin. You're proved to you know we threw out the tefichah testimony, so it undermined this testimony. You were lemafreya who nifsal etc. And here we're just saying like because these are all about contradicting the testimony, it doesn't get in the way of us processing the Hazama case. Okay? But conceptually, because Hatrilas Hazama meaning, not like it's a necessary part of the process, not like we call it Hazama, the, you know, the process is very different. One is saying you were with us and the other is saying whatever, but just that it's consistent with, like, you know, the idea of Hazama that's going to come afterwards. Alright? So the Gemara says like this, I'm a Rebbe, you know, where do I get this idea from? Titania, um, we turn to Brisa. Midani be'ish ploni, we testify about Reuven, Shashimat Einavdov, he lets you know. He blinded his servant, it knocked out the eye and afterwards knocked out the tooth now you realize the servant goes free if either an eye or a tooth or any limb or whatever is destroyed but the question here is going to be what order did it happen in so it's better for the slave I say servant slave it's better for the slave that it should have been first the tooth and then the eye because if it's first the tooth then he becomes a free man and then the eye got knocked out and then he gets compensated for the loss of the eye okay as if it's the reverse he gets compensated for the loss of the tooth compensated for the loss of the eye is much bigger than the compensation for the loss of the tooth. Okay, so they testified. First he blinded his slave, and then he knocked out the eye, and then he knocked out the tooth. Sherei Harav Omer came. The master is happy with that testimony. At least he's happy with that order. Now the Gemara is going to say if there was no preceding testimony against him, he would not be happy with that. With that. That's going to make him lose the slave and pay for the tooth. But assuming that the alternative is the opposite order, he's happy to have them testify this order. Okay? The name Suzumimim. Now they were found Zomimim. So again, assuming that, for whatever reason, and this is what Rav is going to use to prove his case, that the backdrop is, the alternative was, the opposite order. So then, they, in their testimony, helped the owner. They helped the owner that they knocked down his payment from the payment of an eye to the payment of a tooth. So if there's Zomimim, who do they have to pay? If there's Zomimim, who do they pay? The slave. They pay the slave the difference between the value of the eye and the value of the tooth. Right? You got it? Because it was the other order that had been assumed and they reversed the order. They're helping the master and hurting the slave, knocking it down to the value of the tooth. So, Michelle means to make eye in Le'evet. They paid the cost of the eye to the slave, minus the tooth. So, okay, that's, that's the thing. Now, Rava says, what, where do we get the backdrop that the opposite order was assumed? Right? Hey, what's the case? Ilema Tani, like it is, like they were the first to come into court with these witnesses. The Lekakasachrina, there's no other, uh, other witnesses. Mishaming Dmei Ayin Levit, they have to pay the slave for the eye. So before they came, the slave was a slave. There was no, you know, they were making master liable. Busted Demafikli Lecheris, after they freed him, Dmei Eno Kabay Slumi, and have to pay for his eye. Meaning, their testimony was helping the slave if nothing preceded them. They were getting the slave free. Oh, and more than that, to make Kuli ever the rabbi Who were they hurting if nothing preceded them? They were hurting the owner. They were saying the owner had to free his slave and they were lying about it. The Ode, in addition, Sharia Rav Omer came, the master's happy with their testimony. Harav Mini, you're not happy with their testimony. If they're the first people to show up to court, before then he was going to get off. Elolav, the only way this makes sense, and obviously this is correct, is there was a backdrop that the opposite had been assumed. He going to Asu Beitrei, two other people had already come to court earlier. The Ottery and said, He Chino, Simas Eno, they said the opposite order. First it was the tooth and then it was the eye. That was assumed before this other group came, the opposite order. The master would have had to free him and pay him for his eye. Then this middle group came. The army, no, no, the reverse order. It was the eye and then the tooth. So they're now help 
helping the master. That's why Harav Omer came. No, 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 it was the opposite order and you only have to pay for the tooth, you don't have to pay for the eye. They're helping the master and they're hurting the slave. The Kamachshit now, but Rabbi says, so that's got to be the case. I mean, it's a great argument. Okay? But now, the question is, but one minute. If that's true, they came to court when there was already another testimony in place. Their testimony started off as Mucheshes. Right? The court would have thrown them both out. Or at least, they might have not thrown out. It's interesting. Presumably, they would have freed the slave. But they, you know, cause they're both testifying that the slave goes free. Okay? Although, based on different circumstances. But presumably, they would have thrown out the testimony about the eye or the tooth because they can't figure out which one. Right? It's another interesting question where they have taken the common denominator of the two or whatever. But anyway, but he's saying, look, this starts as a case of Hachasha. Okay? It's actually even more radical than Rav's case because from the ve- it never was accepted from the very moment it was testified it had already was facing a contradictory testimony and nevertheless it is seen as a testimony that then will actually allow for it to become Aden Zomimim afterwards so you see you can have a chasha that ends in Aden Zomimim now by the way I just have to say, not to confuse you, but it'll come up later. The problem is that Adim only become Adim Zomim after Gemar Din. Okay, after the, the based in Paskin, you're right, so and so is Chayev. So in a normal case of Rafa, where the Hachasha comes later, you could say, they came, they testified X, this person had committed murder, the court said, okay, we accept the testimony, Ruvain is Chayev, you know, to be executed, he committed murder, and then it was, other witnesses came and contradicted, and then other witnesses came and made them Zomimim. So you can have a hachasha and a hazama that all occurs after the Gemar Din, and that's Rav's case, that the hachasha doesn't prevent the hazama. But in this case, it's very bizarre. If they started out with a contradictory testimony, how did you ever get to the stage of Gemar Din to make them aid in Zomanin? I really sort of get the problem. Okay, so we're going to sort of see it in a... Uh, we'll discuss that later in the Gemara. The basic answer is going to be is that they're testifying that there was another court that had a Gemar Din about this case. It'll be confusing. But that's tomorrow. Whatever. We'll worry about that tomorrow. Let's not borrow tomorrow's problems for today. Okay? But anyway... Well, I do that anyway, but that's the point. Well, says, look, the only way this makes sense is if there was a backdrop of another testimony. And nevertheless... Even though it starts off as contradictory, they're going to be able to be made in Zomim. So you see, Hachasher Tchilas Hazama. So the Gemara says, um, uh, um, The first ones are contradicting the, the, the middle ones, and then the middle, because there's the last ones that make them Zomimim. Okay? That's why the, rab, the, the, the rabbi, the master, likes the testimony. He likes what they're saying because they're reversing the order. Right? So clearly the other tatas had to precede it. The time even into Zomanim. And then it says that the middle ones are found Zomim because a later group came. So the middle ones paid to Me'ayin Le'eved. You see, even though it started off as a Chasha, it can still do a process it as Hazama and then they can actually have to pay. He Very nice proof. Let's see what Abai responds. Our Abai low. No, that's not how to read the case. No, no, no. The case is, the first ones came and said, here was the order. Okay, it was the ayin and then the shein. And actually, you're right. Based on that alone, the master wouldn't be happy. You're making him free his slave. And actually, they're hurting the master. They're not hurting the slave. But then the second group came and said, first of all, you can't testify. You were with us. But if you want to know what happened, what happened was the opposite order happened okay so this is like really a fascinating case right because at the time they testified we thought they were hurting the master and that you know but not right because nothing had been in, in court accepted before that they were telling the master how to free his slave then they were proving Zomanim and then witnesses said oh and by the way actually the slave should go free but it was the opposite order so in hindsight now we see that what they actually were doing was that they were hurting the slave and not the master. Which is an interesting question. Let's say they didn't know about that other testimony. Right? Is it about what their kavana was? They, who they were trying to hurt? Or was it objectively speaking
speaking, now that we know what really happened, we see, you know, that, you know, maybe that other testimony never would have been accepted in court. So this is like a bias, interesting approach that you can testify afterwards to the facts, and that will reframe what was the impact of the false testimony of the Adim Zalmanim to determine who they have to pay. Okay, and therefore he says it does not have to start with hachasha; it could start with hazama, and then you enter the different testimony into court. Okay, so we'll continue with this tomorrow. Right, it's like-